All right, so uh, welcome to BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese. Uh, I got YouTuber uh, Steve Shives uh, joining me here today. Uh, he talks a lot about uh, atheism, politics, and he also does a book review series. And, uh, uh, and you know, maybe if you just want to expand on that and tell everyone a little bit more about what you do. Well, yeah, I do. I'm a YouTuber, and I do talk about atheism a little bit. I do have, I think what you were getting at just there is I do a book review series on um, Christian apologetics books called An Atheist Reads, and I'm on my 16th book right now. I just started my 16th series on uh, a book called Cold Case Christianity. Um, and then I also do other series. I do, uh, I do like, pop culture or political commentary. Um, it's, it's a very wide-ranging, you know, set of content. And uh, how'd you get started uh, making videos? Uh, you know, it's weird because uh, I almost never do response videos now, but when I first started doing uh, my YouTube channel, the first video that I ever did was a response video to somebody else, and it was um, a response video to someone who at the time was a Christian YouTuber named uh, Veritas48, and he had put up a video called uh, Five Questions for Atheists, something like that. And I had just sort of come out as an atheist, and I watched this video, and it wasn't like, I liked the tone of it, like he wasn't trying to start an argument, and he wasn't asking, like, gotcha questions, like, deal, you know, be that atheist. He was just, he was like, he was curious. He wanted to know where atheists were coming from. His, his approach was just out of curiosity, and I really thought that was, that was cool, because a lot of the, the sort of interaction between religious people and atheists uh, then and now is very, very combative and very sort of like attack based. And he was just like, hey, here's just some things I would be curious to know. So I did a video response. Uh, I used a I didn't even have a proper camera at the time. I just used uh, an, an old like digital camera that I had uh, that wasn't that's that wasn't designed to be a video camera but had like a video recording feature on it and i made a response video to his five questions and i really enjoyed it i thought it was really fun and i thought i was i was at least uh satisfied with how i did enough that i thought you know i, could, I should do this some more and um and i was uh in college at the time i i was a non-traditional student i had worked for about five years and then i went back to college in my mid-20s and so I thought, you know, I can do this. Like while I was taking classes full time, I could I could make YouTube videos, and and eventually it just grew into sort of where now it's my job. <laughs> you know, now I'm I I graduated college about five years ago, and uh, I've been doing the YouTube videos ever since, and it's been a pretty decent gig. And uh, does it ever feel like more like a chore now that you have more followers and you have to, you know, you're more maybe you're more are you more pressured in any way to constantly make content or um i don't know if i'd say i'm uh, not pressured because of the viewers i mean I, I i'm i'm a lot more visible i guess now than i was when i started but i ha i mean it's important for me to keep perspective like i i have a my audience at this point is uh a little over 50,000 subscribers and like 50 53 almost 54,000 subscribers which is great but is not even like youtube famous you know what i mean like it's i there there are so many people who are way, way, way far ahead of me and have much larger audiences than I do, even in just the sort of atheist corner of it. 
Um, so I don't feel a lot of pressure from the audience, but I do have a regular schedule. I do do uh, a video every day, Monday through Friday, um, and it's on a very regular production schedule. And sometimes that can feel like a grind. Sometimes, uh, depending on what video is next, if there's a lot of writing involved or a lot of post-production involved, there are times when I'm like, oh, God, I just don't feel like doing this. And it feels like work. Um, but it's still better than any proper job that I could think of. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I do YouTube videos for a living and, and, and piss and moan about it too much because, honestly, it's uh, it's better than working for a living. You know? And um, so I guess uh... – like what parts uh, would you say you enjoy the most? Do you enjoy like the editing or the uh, the film? The I guess the using the camera or whatever. Yeah, there are different parts of it that are. Di- I mean, I enjoy all of it uh, at at different times. Uh, there are like there are times when when I really love the writing, um, even though the writing can sometimes be the most strenuous part because I'm trained as a writer. Like my college education was in writing. So that's really the only, one of the few things that I can say I actually know a little something about that I'm not just an amateur about. Um, I at least – I like I have a piece of paper that says, hey, you went to school. You know how to write. Um, but uh, you know, I love being in front of the camera. I love performing in front of the camera. Um, I love – I do like editing. I'm not great at it, but it's something that I've gotten, I can tell I've gotten better at through the years. Like if you watch, especially if you watch the stuffed animal videos I do, if you watch the the early ones of those, and then you watch the more recent ones I've done, like the editing has gotten tons better. The camera work has gotten tons better, the framing and the, the use of uh, composition and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, there are, there are, there are all different kinds of aspects of it that I really enjoy. I think that's why I've, I've why I grabbed onto it, you know, because I thought, you know, there are enough different elements of this to keep me interested. Like, it's not just, okay, you come in, you sit down in front of the camera, you read words, and then you get up, and then you come back and do it again. Like, there's always a different part of the process uh, to keep you motivated and to keep you interested, you know? I mean, but all of it can be a grind, too. Like, there's times when, you know, like, when I when I, when I I do I do a video series uh, called Five Stupid Things that I'm, I'm getting ready to wrap up. I'm going to rename it and replace it with different shows that'll basically be the same thing. But, but I shoot those three videos at a time. Um, and sometimes that can be like, you know, I'll get the first one done and I'm like, Oh God, that took forever. And I have two more of these to do, you know? And so the, the, the on camera part of that can be kind of grueling, but again, like it's not compared to actual hardship and people doing actual work. It's really, it's not that bad. (laughs) And, uh, I guess like, what have you learned as far as, uh, like over the years, uh, doing YouTube, uh, videos from when you started, like, I guess about, uh, I guess about marketing yourself and, you know, gaining a following and, you know, getting people to watch your videos. Um, I guess the thing I could say about that is for me, the, the key has been not to push too hard, you know, not, I mean, there is a certain amount of hustling involved. It, it always helps if you can get someone with a bigger audience than you to notice you and to sort of recommend you to his or her audience. Like that's always a huge help. And I've gained a lot of followers because of that in the past, but it's also really important to just to be yourself and to not get too preoccupied with how many views your videos are getting or, or how many subscribers you're getting. Um, it, it's important to do – if you're going to do a YouTube channel or if you're going to do a podcast or if you're going to do anything creative or, or you know entertaining, 
or hopefully informative. You want to you want to do it your way because if you're not doing it your way, if you're doing it somebody else's way because you heard that that's the way to get views or whatever, I just don't think that works. I mean, sometimes it does, but I think it's a much more satisfying method to find your way of doing it and to just stick with it, you know, and try to get people to notice it, but to to be true to yourself. And that's 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 what I've always tried to do and it's it it's worked. It's, I mean, it's worked well enough for me that I'm able to make a living at it. I mean, I'm not a superstar, but it's done well enough by me that I've gotten to a pretty good point. And I guess people, the more uh, real you are, then that can sometimes draw people too. They just like that, you know, you're real about what you do or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. People, I think people do appreciate it. You know, people can tell if you're just putting on, you know, if you're, if you're playing a character um, and I mean, not that there's anything wrong with playing a character, but I think if you're if you're if you're presenting a false front without letting people in that that's what you're doing. Like if you're if you're not playing a character, but you're pretending to be someone else. Uh, yeah, I, I think if, if people suspect that, then that can backfire on you, you know, and being myself and being honest about who I am and my thoughts and feelings on things has never really steered me wrong so far. So, um. I guess, uh, what's been your experience with, uh, the YouTube community? I know, uh, you've been mostly in the atheist YouTube community, yeah. you'd say, or, uh... Oh, the, well, I mean, the community has good parts and bad parts, you know, just like everything. I mean, I, I was talking with someone yesterday, actually, um, that the, the internet and especially like the social media platforms have a, a tendency to amplify both the good and the bad. You know, it's it, it makes it so easy to find wonderful people who are sort of of a like mind or appreciate what you do or so you can find people doing things that you appreciate. And it's a great way of building community and connecting with each other. And that's been fantastic. Like I there's um, you know, there's there's a big atheist secular event coming up in June called the Reason Rally that I'm going to go to because it's it's like an hour from my house. Uh, and there's going to be a bunch of people there that I've never, most of whom I've never even met in person, but I know through either through my YouTube channel or through Facebook or Twitter or something. And I'm going to get to meet all these awesome people that I never would have known without the community, without the YouTube community and the atheist community. And it's going to be fantastic. Um, but then there are also, there's the, the other side of that where people, uh, who just want to, you know, insult you or abuse you or harass you or, or try to use you as a stepping stone to, you know, make themselves look better. Uh, it's really easy for them to get to you too. Um, so there's, there's, there's a, a bad side to it. There's a negative side to it, but that side, uh, doesn't for me anyway, in my experience, I've been very lucky that that side doesn't really compare to the positive side, you know, the, the positives of, of, of putting yourself out there and being, you know, a name and a face that people recognize online, uh, has done far more good for me than it has bad. And, uh, so, uh, how long have you, what led you to, uh, I guess becoming an atheist? Were you always an atheist or? Um, I was, no, I wasn't always an atheist. I, I like to say that I, um, I never really believed. I, I was raised Christian. I was raised in a Christian family, but we weren't super devout. You know, we didn't go to church except for a few months when I was like six or seven years old. And then we, we went for a few months and then we stopped and just never went back. Um, but we were always nominally Christian. And I was always raised to believe that there was a God and that Jesus was the son of God. And that what, what you read in the Bible is basically true. Um, but I never really believed it. Like I just, it, 
I, I, I wanted to believe, I tried to believe, I thought it would be great if this was true, uh, but I never really believed it. And when I was in my mid-20s, I just kind of admitted to myself that I didn't believe it. I said, you know, you, you don't believe any of this is true. Like, you can keep trying, but you don't, you, you're not convinced, you know? And so I, I started saying, I, I started identifying as an atheist. I, I had not been a Christian for a while before that. I sort of stopped calling myself a Christian when I was a teenager because I thought, well, if there is a God and if there is an afterlife and whatever, the, whatever, whatever truth that is, I don't think that Christianity is it. Like there's stuff about Christianity that I just, I just don't think that's, that's the true religion if there is such a thing. Um, so I, w I started calling myself a deist because I was I read Voltaire as a teenager and as yeah, as as happens when you're a teenager you read something and you think it's the most profound thing you've ever read and it's like oh this changes my whole life um, and Voltaire was a, was a deist and uh, I, I read his essays on religion and I thought oh this makes sense so I started calling myself one um, but eventually I got to the point where I didn't believe in the existence of any god I just said I think it makes more sense that there isn't anything and it was difficult you know because i i'm not crazy about the idea of dying and the idea of there being an afterlife of there being someplace you go to after you die was really really appealing to me and something i really felt like i needed but eventually i had to let that go too you know and i just decided to to face what i thought were the facts and to say you know what dude you're an atheist you know you're not a deist you're not a christian you're not you're you're an atheist so that's what i started calling myself and uh, were there any problems with uh, friends or family because of this? Or? Um, I am I am told that one of my great aunts isn't thrilled with it. But actually, I was in a really good situation because I was already an adult and living on my own and sort of, you know, making my own way in the world uh, by the time I came out. So it wasn't like I had to sort of clear it with my family. You know, I wasn't in a, a situation where I was still living at home. Or I was a member of, a, you know, a faith community where I felt like that this would be bad for me. You know, if they found out I was an atheist, I would be alienated or, or excommunicated or whatever. Um, I didn't even really tell my family. You know, I did. There wasn't like a meeting where I was like, hey, everybody, I have something to tell you. I'm an atheist like that. Just that just didn't happen. I just started saying I was an atheist and being open about it. Um, and my family kind of got the picture and it hasn't really been a problem at all. Uh, there's never been like a confrontation or an angry, you know, argument or an intervention or anything. It's, it's been pretty, you know, my, like I said, my family has been there. They call themselves Christian. They're nominally Christian. I think that's what they believe, but they're not church going people. They're not super devout. You know, I really don't think that it bothers them one way or the other. And it's not even something that even comes up very often, honestly. So I've been very fortunate as far as that goes. And uh, was the area you grew up in super religious or? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's the area where I still live. I live in western Maryland um, and Maryland is uh, a blue state. It's mostly Democratic, but the part of Maryland that I live is one of the two regions that are just super, super conservative politically. And there's also a lot of, you know, evangelical fundamentalist Christianity here as well. Um, and yeah, I grew up in a town where. I mean, the, the town I grew up in was the population was maybe 400 people and there were like five churches, you know, I mean, and uh, Christianity and specifically like a very fundamentalist conservative form of Christianity uh, was everywhere. It was very, very 
prevalent in my in the town where I grew up and in just in this whole region where I live. Um, you know, the the local newspaper will occasionally publish like front page stories just about a new church opening, like as if just the mere fact that there's a new church opening is is front page news. And, you know, it'll be a completely uncritical, just like, look at this awesome new church, you know, <laughs> and that's it. And it's like a front page story. And and that's that's the angle. Look at this awesome new church. And nobody blinks an eye about that. Everybody thinks that's completely cool because that's uh that's the mindset of most people around here, you know? So yeah, there's definitely a lot of, I mean, we don't have, we don't, we don't have snake handlers. Like we don't have, you know, sort of what are typically sort of caricatured as like extremely radical fundamentalist religious folks. Uh, but there is a lot of, uh, you know, very strong, deeply conservative Christian folks around here. So, um, I guess, uh, in what ways like, uh, do you think uh, religion is harmful, I guess, in our society today? And like, what would you like to see change? Um, I, I, my take on this is a little different than a lot of my fellow YouTube atheists. I, um, I do think that religion is harmful, but I think that religion is harmful because it reinforces negative attitudes or negative ideas that were there already. You know, I, I can list off the negative things about religion that it, you know, it, it sort of forces people into tribes and, you know, turns us against each other. You know, we, we view outsiders as bad and people in our tribe as good. Um, it, it underlines prejudices that we have. It can reinforce racism and sexism and xenophobia. Uh, it, it does a lot of, you know, and in certain forms, it can sort of, it, it can condition people to be mistrustful of science and mistrustful of, of social progress. But none of those things are unique to religion. Like we had all those problems before we had religion. You know, I think those are just, unfortunately, those are just things that humans have always had to deal with uh, because we're social creatures. You know, we, we, we have a great compassion for each other, but we also have a capacity to be very mistrustful of each other. Like human nature kind of exists on a spectrum and there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. And, um, so I'm not one of these people that would that would say, well, if we could just snap our fingers and religion would go away, that the world would automatically be a better place. Um, I I think that the the problems that religion uh, has and that it reinforces in our society are things that we would still have to deal with, even if we could convince every single person on the on the planet that that God didn't exist and their religion was false. Uh, we would still have you know, racism and misogyny and uh, discrimination against LGBT people. We would still have different nations or different groups of people fighting each other and hating each other and mistrusting each other. It would just be, we did, we would just have to find different reasons. You know, you wouldn't be able to say, well, we're, we're on this side because God has shined his, his light upon us. And the other people are, are, are the enemy because, you know, God has, has decreed it to be so like we would lose that. But most of the negative stuff from religion, uh, I would actually probably say all of the negative stuff from religion is not original, you know, to religion. It's something that religion reinforces. Religion says if it says, the, OK, this is OK. You know, if you're like this, then it's OK because God says it's OK. Um, and that makes it difficult to get past that kind of stuff. But it, it, it wasn't the original creation of religion. Um, I, I've I have said before, if. Uh, if religion could be if a person's religion means that they're a tolerant, compassionate person 
and they, you know, it's important for them to work for charity or to be kind to people or to try to lift up people who are in poverty or whatever, and they don't try to push their religious beliefs on someone else. Uh, I have no problem with that person. Like, I would much rather have a more liberal, progressive, you know, equal, free society than have an atheist society that still has all the same problems that we have. You know, if we could keep religion around, but people use it as a positive force to motivate them, that's fine with me. Like, as long as we have a secular government that doesn't force people to believe in any particular religion, and as long as people aren't allowed to use their religious beliefs as an excuse for doing harm to people, I don't really have a problem with it. I'd much rather, you know, feed hungry people and find houses for homeless people and, you know, make sure that people of different racial backgrounds are treated equally and women are treated equally to men and, you know, LGBT people have the same rights as, you know, straight people and cis people. I much that that kind of stuff is more interesting to me than, you know, convincing someone that God doesn't exist but then not addressing the social problems that that we still have. So I guess it's more just uh, human nature needs to improve rather than <laughs> the actual belief systems, maybe. Yeah, because people – I mean I know lots of people who are Christians. Uh, in my area, it's mostly Christian, so I say that. But you know, it's the same thing with, with people who are followers of Judaism or Islam or Hinduism or whatever. There are plenty of people who are deeply religious people who are also you know, incredibly intelligent, articulate and compassionate and care about helping the less fortunate and care about making the world a better place. Um, and like, like I said, I have no problem with those people at all. I mean, if, if a, a Christian who volunteers at a homeless shelter wants to have an argument with me about the existence of God, I would love to do that. I think that would be fun, you know, but I don't consider that person my enemy at all. I would consider such a person to be my friend or I would want them to be my friend. Uh, and it would just, we would just disagree on something. You know, if you want to say that you believe in God and you think that Christ was the son of God and he was resurrected, like, I don't think that's true. If you want to argue about it, we can. But I don't think that means that there's anything wrong with you. And I would much rather, you know, give you credit for being a good person than, you know, try to fight you because we have different religious beliefs. So do you think uh, there should be more of uh, like maybe religious people and atheists hearing each other out more and not just attacking each other or? Oh, I think that would be great. Yeah. I mean, because there's there's um, there's common ground, you know, like just because I believe that the universe is 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 a natural place, you know, that there aren't supernatural forces and, and there aren't gods. Uh, and a religious person might believe that, well, there is a God and God created everything. And, you know, there's a divine plan or whatever their belief might be like that doesn't mean that we have to disagree on everything. And it doesn't mean that I, because I'm the atheist, that I'm right about everything. You know, I might have personal shortcomings and biases and prejudices uh, that the religious person doesn't have. You know, I could be an atheist who just wants to win arguments with people and, and show everybody how smart I am. And I really don't care about suffering people. I really don't care about, you know, economic injustice or, or, you know, discrimination against people. Whereas another person could be a Christian and he or she believes, oh yeah, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the resurrection, but you know, they also believe in, and making the world a better place and helping their community. Maybe they, they volunteer to help their community, you know, and then, and they're really, they're putting to me, they're putting more good into the world than an atheist who might be right about that particular argument. Uh, but doesn't really do anything to help anybody. Um, 
So there are many ways where atheists could could follow the example of that religious person, not because of the religion. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're religious, but but the the good things that they do in the community, you know. And there are atheist organizations that do that, you know. There's um, there are atheist foundations or secular foundations that are based in use, fundraising and using money for charity. And uh, I think those are like uh, just a fantastic thing. And that's something that a lot of religious people and a lot of atheists could have in common, you know, making making your community a better place, whether you believe in God or not. Um, and realizing that, look, we're all in this together. Like we all have to live together. The, the solution to the problem isn't to win every single person over to your point of view. The solution is to learn how to get along with people, even when you disagree. Um, so atheists and religious folks learning how to work together and to get along better is something I would love to see more of. Yeah, and I noticed like uh, in your videos when you're like uh, debating with someone, you usually uh, like really read what the person's ideas are or listen to what their ideas are and then counter the ideas. And there isn't like a lot of people on YouTube that do that. So that'd be good to see more of that, I guess, just in, in, with uh, religion or even, you know, political issues. You know, actually, if yeah. you're going to debate someone like actually listen to their ideas and counter it rather than just resort to, you know, name calling or just dismissing someone or whatever. Yeah. If I mean, and I, I try to do that, you know, I don't always succeed. Like there are times, if you watch enough of my videos, you'll see plenty of times where I am like attacking a person or making fun of a person and I'm not making fun of an idea or responding to an idea, but, but I try not to do that. And I, my, my preferred method is what you just described, like trying to understand their, where they're coming from and then trying to explain why I disagree with it. You know, I would much rather do that than just, you know, point and laugh at somebody, right? Because uh, I just don't think that accomplishes anything. It might feel good. I mean, it's definitely cathartic if you're responding to someone who you think is just so super wrong that you can't help but make fun of them, or you just think they're an asshole, and you just think, oh, God, just, you know, let me just go after this person. That's really satisfying, right? That feels good, but it's not really productive. It doesn't really help anything. So even though I've done that before, and I'm sure I'll do it again, uh, it's not something that I really like in myself. Like, it's not something that I'm proud of when I, when I think, oh, I really ripped into that guy. Like, it, <laughs> it feels good, but it's not really helping anything. And, um, and yeah, there are a lot of people. And, and honestly, if that's the kind of thing that someone likes, if someone is a viewer of YouTube videos and that's the kind of thing they like and they don't get that from me, they have plenty of options. Like there's plenty of other people on YouTube that do nothing but that, uh, that they can, that they can turn to. Um, I try to do something different, you know? So, uh, with like reading those, uh, different books from, uh, religious people or, mm -hmm. uh, maybe just hearing out some of the ideas from some of the people you've debated, have you like gained perspectives? Like you didn't think you would before that maybe weren't exactly with your view originally, but like you could see where they're coming from or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. There are, I mean, there, there are some of my fellow atheists who still sort of believe that, that, you know, religious, uh, like, like preachers or, or religious apologists, the people who write these books that they're, that they're just kind of faking it, you know, that they're, they're putting on an act and they're telling people what they know they'll want to hear, but they don't really believe it. And I think the reason that some people think that is because from from our perspective as atheists, when you read something, 
that contradicts, you know, like just basic science, you think, well, how can anybody believe this? Like the information is out there and some of the stuff you're actually taught in school, like how could anyone believe this? They can't possibly be serious. They must just be making it up to, you know, to feed a particular audience. But um, after having read all of the books that I have and responded to them as I have, my opinion is that most of them are absolutely sincere. You know, I don't think that they're con artists. I don't think that they're trying to fleece people. Um, they're definitely pandering to an audience. They're definitely writing to appeal to a particular demographic of readers. But I think they're sincere for the most part. I don't think that they're 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 lying about their beliefs or they're putting out information that they sincerely believe themselves to be false. Um, so that's something that I've learned that I, I've learned to, for the most part, to trust their sincerity. Um, and I've also learned that uh, for a lot of their arguments, I, I can understand from a from a certain perspective why they would believe these things, because there are things about religious belief that are really, really comforting. You know, it's it, it, it if you can bring yourself to believe it or if you've been convinced by it, you know, there's something really comforting about the fact that the God that created the universe had you in mind. That's really kind of flattering, like the God who made everything. And now we know, thanks to science, that everything is so much bigger than people thought it was, you know, thousands of years ago. And most of these holy books were being written. Um, the, the earth is just a tiny infinitesimal speck in a huge expanse that is so big that we can't even imagine it. And the God who created all of that had you in mind when he made it. And he had a special plan for you. And things that happen in your life happen for a reason. And even if something bad happens to you, it's okay because it's part of God's plan and God loves you and you should trust God. Like that's really comforting. I get why people like that and people feel like they need that because, you know, if you're if especially if you're in a difficult situation in your life and things aren't going your way or your life is truly a struggle, it can be really comforting for you to be able to say to yourself, you know, this too shall pass and and I'm I am in the hands of a loving God. Uh, I completely get that. I don't think it's true, unfortunately. Uh, but I get why people believe that. And I, that, that's another thing that has kind of helped me to be less like less condescending toward religious people, to be less uh, aggressive toward them, you know, to, to not want to make fun of them so much, to not want to, you know, make them out to be less intelligent or gullible or whatever, because there, there's a part of me, even though I don't think it's true. Um, and, and actually not only that, I don't think it's true, but I think, I think my beliefs are better. I like, I'm more comforted now by what I believe than by what a religious person might believe, but I get why they believe that, you know, there's something really powerful and really comforting about a lot of, of religious belief. And then I guess if you respect them, they're more willing to listen to you too. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you can't, you, you can't. Uh, hope to persuade somebody <laughs> by insulting them by saying, yeah. "Oh, only an idiot would believe that." Well, that's not a good way to start. You know, you can't make someone feel like they're they're not as smart as you, and then say, "Now I want you to trust me when I tell you this." Like that's yeah, that's a terrible way to try to persuade somebody. So uh, I guess what can you say about like some of the different like series you have like uh, of different. Uh series of videos you have like on your channel i know you have uh like ones like a q a series and then you mm -hmm. have some the reading series you described like uh what can you say about like your different ones and like what do you have planned next as far well as that? 
Um, I, it's it's a good time to talk about it because I am I'm I'm changing things a little bit for the first time, really for the first time since I started the channel. Um, I do a series right now called uh, Five Stupid Things, and there are two versions of that. There's a there's a version that goes up every other Monday that's sort of about current events, and then there's a version that goes up every single Wednesday that's about different topics. You know, like I've done like Five Stupid Things about. Um, you know, like Christianity, five stupid things about the Bible, five stupid things about Islam, five stupid things about, you know, a bunch of different topics. I've done over 200 of them. Um, and I'm ending both of those series and sort of restarting them under different titles with slightly different productions, um, mainly because I decided I wasn't comfortable making uh, I, making a series with with uh, the word stupid in the title. I just thought that wasn't something I wanted to do anymore. I thought it's it's the wrong tone. And there are a lot of people I, I have friends who are uh, who are neuroatypical who aren't crazy about having the word stupid thrown around. They feel like it's a word that's been used to bully them. And they just, you know, and I thought, you know what, I could make this tiny little change and I'd be a lot more comfortable. So there's going to be two new series to replace the five stupid things series, but they're both going to be the same sort of thing. Uh, you know, picking five items either from the news or five observations about a particular subject and just me kind of riffing on it and making jokes and making observations. Um, so that's going to be something new. And the new series are going to be, uh, the Monday version is going to be called the low five. And then the Wednesday version is going to be called five things. But uh, each video will have a different adjective in the title, like depending on the subject, like I'm going to do five bizarre things about the Bermuda Triangle, you know, or five, uh, what was it, five irresistible things about brainwashing, you know, like I'll try to tailor the adjective to the subject, but it'll be the same sort of thing, like a very skeptical, critical eye at the subject. Um, and then the other series I do, I do, uh, and now the good news every Tuesday, which was created as a response to five stupid things, because the, the news items that I talk about on five stupid things are usually bad news and depressing news. So I wanted to say something positive. <laughs> so I do. And now the good news the day after, uh, which is usually science stuff like, you know, medical breakthroughs or, or some, you know, fantastic discovery that was made in astronomy or whatever. Cause I love space. I'm a huge astronomy nerd. And that's just sort of meant to be more positive you know like here's some good stuff here's some stuff that could maybe you could you would hear about this and you go oh that's nice like that cheers me up you know um and then there's the steven stuffy videos that i mentioned before where they're like little they're basically like five to ten minute skits uh little short films featuring me i'm usually the only human person in them and then the rest of the characters are are stuffed animals that are that are voiced um, by me or by other people. And those are so much fun. I wish those would go viral. If, 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 if those videos started getting like hundreds of thousands of views, I would do nothing else. I love those so much. Um, and yeah, and then on Friday, there's the, you had to ask series, which is like a Q and a show, like you said, um, where I respond to viewer questions and that's a lot of fun. And that's, that's, I think that's important to have to maintain an audience too, is, you know, the audience knows that you listen to them that when they leave a comment or they ask you a question that you're actually going to read it and answer them, you know? Um, and that's a fun show to do too. So th 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 that's, those are all my main series. So like, uh, when you do videos about news, uh, do you try to keep it to what's trending in the news or maybe more stories that people haven't heard or whatever? It's a little bit of both. I do. And honestly, it depends on whether or not I have something to say about it. Like if, if there's something that happens in the news that is like a really big deal that everybody's talking about, um, I try to include it. But sometimes I'll leave stuff out if I just can't think of anything to say. 
you know, or if I if I if I see something on like the Daily Show or the Nightly Show or Colbert about it, and I think, wow, that's better than anything I could come up with. I'm just gonna let that go, you know. Um, sometimes that happens, and then I try. I find smaller stories too, you know, things that haven't quite been uh, national news, but that I again that if I think I I have something to say about it, if I think I can use it to make a point, or if I can think of a of a good joke, you know, a lot of it depends on it. People don't realize a lot of people. Uh, who watch my stuff maybe don't realize how how much it, it, the decision making process is influenced by how well I'm able to write a joke about something. <laughs> like if I can't think of anything funny or at least somewhat interesting to say about it, even if it's the most important story in the world, I might not mention it because I don't want to put up a a video where it's just me saying something completely irrelevant, <laughs> you know, about a really important topic. And uh, I guess what advice would you have? maybe for other YouTubers, like what are the do's and don'ts, I guess, for getting ahead or whatever? Well, I mean, part of it is what we talked about earlier is just be yourself, you know, be who you truly are, do something, figure out something that you do that you don't see anyone else doing, you know, or that you think you can do better than somebody else. Like, uh, like I said, I, my, my university education is in English and, and creative writing. And one of the things I, learned as a writer um, is you have to have confidence in your abilities and you have to have confidence in yourself. And that doesn't mean that you think you can do no wrong. I mean, you have to be critical. And when someone gives you a critical comment, uh, you have to be willing to accept it and to take it in and to be willing to change if you think that person is right, you know, and you have to be always striving to improve. But at the same time, you also have to have a certain mentality where you think, you know what, I can write this better than anybody else can, you know? Like I'm, it would be better if I wrote this than it would be if somebody else wrote it. Like that's a really, to me, that's a really important mentality to have. And that's important to me as a YouTuber as well. I have to think, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this in a, in a way that only I could do it. And it's going to be better because I did it than it would be if somebody else did it. And, uh, that's important. You know, it's important and it's important not to second guess yourself, make a decision and stick with it and make it work. Um, there's also technical things like if you're going to be on camera yourself if you're going to do videos where uh you're going to show your face and be on camera make sure you have good lighting you know <laughs> like even even a really uh shitty webcam can look good if you're well lit you know that's really important you know have a good microphone have good sound quality edit don't just sit in front of a camera and talk for 15 minutes and then put the the raw video up uh, on, on YouTube. I mean, edit, make it, make it snappy, make it better, cut out stuff. If you, if you say something and you sound like a complete dipshit, cut that out. <laughs> you know? That's, that's one of the best things about being on YouTube. I've joked about this before. Like the best part of, for me about being on YouTube is I can cut out all the stuff that makes me sound like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> and then when people see the video, I sound way smarter then I actually am. It's great. <laughs> you know? But yeah, that, that's important too. keep the audience in mind. If, if you don't think that people would be willing to sit through like a two hour video or, or whatever, then cut that shit down. You know, uh, there's a, an old saying in writing that was, uh, that was used as the title of a film a couple years ago about Allen Ginsberg called murder your darlings, which means don't be afraid to cut out the stuff in your story, or in this case, your video that you love the most. Like if there's a little bit in your, in your writing or your video or whatever that you think is just beautiful, but it doesn't really work with the rest of it, 
get rid of it, you know? Um, so th those are some pieces of advice that I would give. Um, but the most important one is just be yourself, like find your, find your voice and, and speak in your voice. And, uh, is there anywhere you'd like to like be in the future with your videos? Like, uh, what would be like your goal? I guess if you had one of, or dream of where you'd want to be with it, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, to con right now, just to continue to grow the audience that I have is important. Um, I'm, I'm starting to do a new series where I, I invite different people onto my channel to, to talk about things, uh, to have to sort of sh showcase different backgrounds and different points of view. Um, I think that's important to sort of sh share your platform with people who are maybe different than you, who have a unique perspective to bring to things. I want to do more of that. Um, I would like to eventually get to a point where I'm not just shooting most of my videos in my living room where I can afford to go out and do a little something, some things that are a little bit more elaborate, you know, but who knows how far in the future that is. I mean, some, some of that is difficult to predict. Like I could, I could have a video go viral tomorrow and all of a sudden be, you know, in a much better position or that might not happen for five more years or that might not ever happen, you know? So it, it very much depends. Um, it's, it's a very sort of unpredictable position. Um, but yeah, basically just be, want to be able to do the, the same sort of things that I've been doing, but just at a, at a slightly higher level and maybe to a, a larger audience. And, uh, I guess anything else you'd like to say, maybe anything we didn't cover or, um, no, not really. I think we, I think we covered pretty much everything. I mean, if anybody is interested and they're, and they're not aware of my YouTube channel, you can just go to youtube.com slash Steve Shives. S-T-E-V-E-S-H-I-V-E-S, -E -E and that will redirect you to my channel. And uh, I hope anybody who doesn't, who hasn't watched me before and checks it out, I hope you like it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think that does it for this episode of uh, BSing with Sean K. Thanks a lot, Steve, for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for the invitation. I should have more uh, episodes coming soon. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. <laughs>